the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. Freedom in Christ, Session 6. The Battle for Our Minds. The main reading is James, Chapter 4. And the question was last week we left ourselves, have you ever been experiencing a pattern of behaviour that you knew was wrong and you were seen, seen, seemed unable to escape that pattern? I, I won't ask you to put your hands up, but I'm sure most of us can appreciate that. Because if you've had a habit, the longer you've had the habit, the deeper inset it is. What does someone say? Habits are first like cobwebs, then cables. Um, that's true, isn't it? Um, uh, what do they say? Sow a thought, reap an act, sow an act, reap a habit, sow a habit, reap a character, sow a character, reap a destiny. And uh, we'll come on to maybe breaking habits a bit later because sometimes the devil would um, come to us and, uh, you know, you could you flood our minds with, you'll never, can you, can you see yourself never doing that again or that particular habit? You, you, he, he gets our mind long term and the Lord says, no, no, daily, daily. Tomorrow I'm going to beat you tomorrow. Tomorrow the Lord's going to give me victory tomorrow. See, uh, today. So we're always looking far off, but the day is the day. And tonight we're talking about strongholds. And that can come in many, many forms. And I would no doubt that every one of us have got certain strongholds, uh, patterns of thinking, patterns of something that's happened to us. We've, we've sealed in and we've built upon and uh, not according to what God has said sometimes. And we've really got to dig into those. And uh, um, painful because you know what happens is we become comfortable where we are. You know, we can become comfortable in our sin. We can, because we don't like, none of us like change so much, do we? Unless it's easy and it doesn't cost us. But if you know anything about change, it always is going to be painful and it's going to have a bit of cost to, to it. So we're looking at um, uh, strongholds tonight. And the first thing we want to do, they, they, they got an illustration. I'm not going to do that. He's blown up a balloon and uh, different things that you, you're accepting. Lies uh, from what people have said or what people have done to you or uh, what the devil has spoken to you. And the, the only antidote, again, we'll start on our foundation, is God's lovely word. Um, let's read a couple of verses from, from the, the word to just get our foundation right. Hebrews 4, 12 and 13. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and birth and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, and there is no, no creature hidden from his sight. And all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So the power of God's word is absolutely, it's so vital to allow it to have its way. Um, even when it cuts across, because it, it, it will cut, it will it go against the grain, it will, but it's the only thing that's going to, Holy Spirit is going to use the word to apply it. How about these lovely verses, Psalm 119, 129131. The words are wonderful, therefore I obey them. I am calling on your words tonight, 
It gives understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant. See, sometimes the strong is a dark place. But the Bible says the unfolding of your word, the entrance of your word, the uh, opening of the God's word brings light. Um, and we see it. And thankfully, what is it? It gives understanding to the simple. And uh, we, we are behind us, some of us there. Now. But understanding the simple, nothing about intelligence. Wisdom's got nothing to do with intelligence, as we can see before us. But understanding. What is a stronghold because God has called us to freedom and liberty and and for the devil to have no foothold we look at those in a minute uh, what is a stronghold well let's have some big language will give you easy uh, easier a mindset impregnated with hopelessness that causes us to accept as unchangeable situations that we are we know are contrary to the will of God mental habit patterns of thought that are not consistent with God's word a mindset value teaching or philosophy that is opposite or comes against the truth of God. So you could, you could, it's a lot of things mixed up in that, what people have said over us, what people have said to us, uh, uh, the things we hold on to, um, all are mindsets that are contrary to God's word, aren't they? David, you don't know what they've done to me? We'll look at that in a moment. Well, it's irrelevant. God says, you've got to forgive. Otherwise, it will become a stronghold that will be built up in our lives. Um, of course, when we get saved, um, we, we get connected back to the Lord. But again, as we said before, we have this old body. The ego is still there. And if you like, uh, let's take a, a, a computer uh, example. The, there's no clear button. We still have those patterns and principles that we used to live by. And that's why the Bible says the transformation of the mind, renewing the mind, changing the mind. And we look at those verses right at the end. Um, what it, God has called us to that, renewing of the mind, changing our, those strongholds in us. How many times have you said this? Um, that's the way I am. I can't change. Well, that's just me. I can't change. Well, can I say, if you've said that, that's a stronghold. That's a lie. Because the Bible says, no, 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 no. If that's what you shouldn't be, that's not what you're going to be. Now, let's have a little look at the enemy. The enemy, uh, we look at the enemy next week, but this is how he works. Um, Ephesians 4, 25, 27. <laughs> Do not give the devil an opportunity. Now, the whole chapter there is about attitudes, actions, and our attention, our behavior, and it all, it, all those things will give the devil an opportunity. A little topic, a little, little foothold topography we get our word from um and just the, the range of our lives if he can get a foothold all right tell you what he'll take it he'll take it i've told that story before about the um the chap who'd, who bought up the whole village uh, but one guy wouldn't sell him his house squire of the village um he wanted to own it all but this man didn't matter how much he was offered he wouldn't give up the house it's my house i'm not selling it and uh, the squire came one day he said look i'll give you anything and the, and the man said, look, as long as I've got this house, I can say to people, me and the squire 
own this village. Me and the squire own this village. See, if you give the devil, a th- uh, you know, see, he, he has opportunity, an opening to come in and to distort. And, and um, this is where we, we sometimes get. Uh, John 5, 5 to 6. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity of 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already <coughs> been in that condition for a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made right? Listen to that question. Do you want to get well? What a silly question. But he'd been there 38 years uh, and he'd got comfortable. He'd got into the rut. Remember those that um, saying I said in, in years gone by in America, of course, there was uh, the, the tracks, wasn't it? And um, what did it say on the one signpost? Avoid this rut or you'll be in it for the next 25 miles. Because they, they'd all gone that way. And if you keep going that way, you, you get comfortable and content in where you are. And that faith is, of course, this is a little cartoon. Um, they are at their school reunion. And uh, you can read that. You're always the pretty one in the class, Jane. You thought I was pretty. You always ignored me, she says. They're talking after. We weren't ignoring you. We were just so, just too intimidated to speak to you, Jane. This is what Jane then said. I've spent 50 years struggling with low self-esteem because I thought you were ignoring me. Of course, they say, how silly. How silly. Her entire thinking of personality had been formed around the wrong information. Isn't that interesting? Um, Inferiority, insecurity, inadequacy, paranoia, bitterness, harshness, criticism, all link themselves back to strongholds. It's got to be broken. And what creates those? How are they established? Well... You see, we can't alter our childhood or the culture we brought up in, but let me just say, they are massive molders in our thinking, in our in how we see ourselves, in our behavior. Um, let me just read a couple of things. Um, obviously, these are just statistics thrown out. Um, Girls without a father in their life are two and a half times as likely to get pregnant and 53% more likely to commit suicide. Boys without the father are 63% more likely to run away, 30%, 37% likely to abuse drugs, etc., etc. You can look through all those figures very clear. This is what someone said. Um, she'd written a book on the unexpected legacy of the breakdown of the family of divorce. This is what she said. Um, when you reach adulthood with acute anxiety, will you ever find a faithful woman to love you? Will you ever find a man that you can trust? Not one of the men or women from divorced families who I reported in this book wanted their children to repeat their childhood experiences. They envied friends who grew up in intact families. Um, That's why God knows best, isn't he? Of course he always knows best. And when we see that, and we see it played out in our village, don't we? And uh, I was just reading a couple of things in this village and in Trinet. There are troublesome youngsters causing difficulty. Of course, a couple of the old ones said years ago, they were a clip across the year. And then someone said, well, you can't touch him anymore. And, and uh, yeah, if, if they went home and told our dad, well, we knew, didn't we? We got into trouble. We were probably just as bad. But hey, if, if dad or mum you know, found out, you're in trouble, wouldn't you? Because when you haven't got that, there's no consequence. There's no, there's no, there's no grip. And, of course, then, sadly, we, we fall into those great gaps of um, patterns and pressures you see, um, what if you 
grew up in that place where, as we said, we talked about fatherhood not so long ago, where there was no father or not a good father. You became independent. The trouble is with that is that you will now become independent in your spiritual life and you won't trust anyone because you're afraid to be let down by somebody. What about this? Um, three young lads grew up in a home. Father is sadly got alcoholic problems and um, again, statistics tell us if, if certainly if one, if two, two parents are alcoholics, you're in real trouble. You, you, you're on the way to go in that way as well. But they, he came home after his drink and he was, he was violent and uh, caused mayhem in the house. Three young lads. Now, well, the oldest lad was getting a bit bigger. And um, he, his dad would come in. He said, you touch me and we'll be having to go. Middle boy um, was one of those accommodating boys. Dad, sit down. What do you want? Do you want a cup of tea? Do you want? And he would accommodate. And the youngest boy would run away and hide under his bed. That was their pattern of behavior. What is the chances when they grow up? And they are faced with a difficult decision, a hostile condition. The oldest man, the oldest boy is going to fight. The middle boy is going to try and accommodate and the young lad is going to run away. Because that's how they, it's been built into their system. How do we, and it's become a stronghold. Stronghold in life. And you see, many words. We've talked about these people before. All those words have been spoken over us. And uh, I told you about that um, gymnast. Um, she missed out on the 1988 Olympics. And one of the judges, I think it was one of the judges, another coach said, um, you're a bit fluffy, which meant she was a bit overweight, although she was four foot ten and six stone, just over six and a half stone. So now what fluffiness was there. But you know what? She did go to the World Championship in 1989, but um, she used to survive on like maybe apple, apple a day or two apples a day. She went under four and a half stone uh, with anorexia. And sadly died, 22 years of age, because of words, words, just a simple word. Another one, I remember reading a story on Karen Carpenter, the same kind of thing. She went and she was doing a, a photo shoot and someone said, oh, you're a bit podgy, isn't you? Podgy was tiny. But you see, that got into her head and that pattern, it built up. So we have those, um, all those environments, nature or nurture, they say, don't they? Well, of course, some of us have had some traumatic experiences um, that, again, need to be addressed. Um, abuse, uh, you could name them, you don't have to name them all, rape, abortion, all these things, which traumatic experience, if not surrendered to God, if not repented of, will be built up. We become, um, we either think ourselves as a victim or it's our fault. And of course, victim mentality is never great for victorious Christianity, is it? Because we're always, always looking back at what if this is, and, and we're looking through that lens of the past. The problem is with strongholds, they don't reflect the truth, do they? Um, it, it, it mirrors of it. The perception is not the reality. Isn't that funny? Isn't it? It's strange. If, if you're someone who's been, I'm reading a story about um, a lady in the church and she loved, uh, especially with a minister, have time and she loved, loved attention because 
Again, in her background, she was, she'd been rejected. And of course, when you've been rejected, you, you, you're hankering for attention, isn't you? Yeah, but you need to look to Jesus, not to anyone else. And you know, one day the minister didn't speak to her as if he was just looking out for her. He didn't have anything else to do. You know, he was, his mind was caught with somewhere else. And you know, she was really upset. Oh, the minister didn't speak to me today. Uh, he got another, you know, umpteen people to speak to. He's just getting ready to preach. He's not going to, you know. But that's how we think, you see, because how we see things through that lens of what's happened to us. The strongholds. What about this? Temptation. Choices. Remember, childhood culture, the choices what we've made. We've made. Temptation is an attempt for us to live independently of God. See, temptation in itself, as we said before, is not the sin is what we do with the temptation that's really the key, isn't it? Jesus was tempted, but every time he said, no, 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 this is what the Lord said. This is, it is written. It is written. But every, it's attempted independently of God. Remember, go back to the beginning of time for the legitimate needs of significance, security, and acceptance. We try and fill those outside of God, and the temptation is to do that. Let's read um, James 1. Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted be any man. But every man is tempted, when he is drawn away his own lust and enticed. Then, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not to err, my beloved brethren. That's a great, you see, it, it's like a fishing examine it that bait comes down and it entices us it draws us in and you see if we don't cut it off there then it gives us a picture of of sin um bearing fruit in our lives or or or, or that gestation period growing growing and if you don't if you don't stop it at the beginning as soon as you're pregnant it gets more and more difficult isn't it more and more painful to actually stop the sin bearing fruit and uh, so it, it stopped right there, right? See the enticement and see it for what it is. See what it's an independent way of uh, fulfilling what you need outside of God. But what did God say? I will meet all your needs through Christ Jesus. And God will always provide a way out. Always provide a way out. Choose to do the right thing before the opportunity comes. That's why Joseph didn't sin. When uh, Potiphar's wife came, the first thing he said, I will not sin against God. See, in his mind, he'd already set the bar high. He'd said, this is what I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to do. So anything that came across his path, he'd already made the decision to honor God. If you we say, or oh, I'll make the decision when the opportunity comes, let me tell you, it will run over the top of you and it'll be too late. Too late. Let's do another slide. And then the question at the end will be, um, can you spot the particular moment was the way of escape? Which particular picture was the way of escape? Um, there she is. I'll take a drive, uh, but won't go near the supermarket. I'll drive past the supermarket, won't go in. I'll go into the supermarket, but won't get the biscuits, I won't go to the biscuit section. I'll look, but not touch. I'll touch, but not buy. I'll buy but not open. Open but not smell. Smell not touch. Touch not taste. Taste but not eat. 
And uh, there we are. Which frame was the way out? Right at the, it's called threshold. Right at the beginning. <laughs> you see, as soon as she leaves, the opportunity is there. The devil's going to whisper. The flesh is going to rise up. Um, this is what he says, this particular bloke. He said, what about if you... I mean, it's a little bit different now. This is a couple of years old because, um, uh, sadly, pornography is everywhere. You don't have to go to the, um, and buy it off the shelves anymore. You can... You know, it's sadly, it's ever on your phone, on your laptop, anyway. But suppose you were struggling with pornography. And after this meeting, you thought, well, I need some milk for tomorrow morning. Um, now, you could go to the corner shop up there. Um, or you could go down to the... Down to Asda's. Now, you know in the corner shop, they don't sell... Well, I don't know if they do... I, they don't sell pornography, but you know in Asda's they do. And so you have a decision to make straight away. Now you will justify it, and the devil will say, well, you know, Dave, the milk's cheaper in, in Asda's. And as soon as you go down that route, you know full well you are justifying and you're diminishing your chances to stop picking up that pornography. And in fact, as soon as you begin to drive down, you know it full well what your mind is going to do. You're already, your flesh has already been drawn that way and you're, you're predisposing yourself straight away to that behavior. So the first thing is make a decision straight away. This is a good illustration. Our brains, our minds are like a, an airport. And all those aeroplanes are like thoughts going around, aren't they? The devil's planting, the world is planting, our flesh is planting, all these thoughts. But the only person who can allow them to land on the airport of our mind is you. You have the ability to say, yes, I receive that thought pattern that we're going to think that way. Or you can say, no. I'm not, as we'll read those verses in a moment. I can say, no, I'm not accepting that thought. The choice is yours. Why? Because you're saved. Now, you're a Christian. The Bible says we have all we need for life and godliness. We have the power of godliness. Holy Spirit's within us. He wants to fill us a call, give us extra uh, strength day by day. But we have the power to say, I'm not accepting that. And the air traffic control is in our power. Sadly, repeated action, of course, will result in habit. Exercising habit long enough will produce stronghold. Stronghold. Of course, then that will affect everything we do. Faulty view reality. We see things as they not. You see, if we have um, uh, we have broken relationships in our background and unsettled and squared, we'll come up against another relationship, and that'll go a little bit pear shape and we'll try and we'll view it from that point of view. Let me read something about forgiveness. This is from um, Artie Kendall. I'll, I'll really know when I have forgiven, when I will pray and beg that God forgives them and releases them from the penalty or punishment for their violations towards me. Listen to that again. I know, I really know when I've forgiven, when I pray and beg that God forgives them and releases them from any penalty or punishment for their violation towards me. Ooh, I thought, that's a cutting one, isn't it? That is a, see, oh, look, I've forgiven. I was just talking to someone um, yesterday or day, day before. I tell you what, I'm, I'm, well, I'm no, I'm not for sure. 
that again, as we talked about on Sunday morning, we don't look for our body, we, we, can, we can get into heaven uh, prematurely. Tell you what, people have not dealt with things and they've broken bread and tonight they're in heaven and they should be on earth. They're in heaven tonight and they should be on earth because they didn't listen to what the Lord said. You see, we break bread and sometimes because we do it regularly, we, we forget the gravity of it. He said, when you break bread, remember what you're doing. He said, remember the body. So, everything we have, depending and determination upon him. That's why we need to bring those down because we'll always revert back to that incident or that pattern of behavior that needs to be broken. Um, Proverbs 3, um, 5, 6, 7, I think I've got there. 5 to 8, sorry. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. See, health, wholeness, that's what God wants, isn't he? Nothing, un, nothing broken in our lives. And, and you see, when we give all, is the word there is all, isn't it? You'll read that all, all, all your, all your ways acknowledge him. Otherwise, we'll manage independently. We'll listen to our own understanding. We'll determine our own direction. And that will always lead us in the wrong path and always give the devil a foothold to set up strongholds in our life. And of course tends to stop us believing and seeing what the true truth is you know we can say god loves us can't we but i wonder how much we understand that we can say god has forgiven us i wonder how much we understand that we can say god's got great purposes and plans for us but how much do we really understand that See, because if we do, if we understood it fully, our lives certainly would be different, wouldn't it? Our priorities and our, and, our, and our passion would be totally different if we really grabbed a hold of it. The sad thing is, once we have strongholds, um, we, are, we need to see differently. Again, we need to apply God's word. What does the Bible say? Isaiah 59, we know that one, 55 verse 9. My, as have, my ways higher. My, we can't understand that. That's why we trust him. That's why we put our lives in our hands, dependence, direction, remember, where we are, where we're going. Sadly, then, we make bad choices. Why? Because we are, we're following a pattern of behavior, of thinking that's happened before. There's not been dealt with, not been addressed, and we'll go down the same route again. And you know what? Sadly, we think it's the right way. We think it's the right way. And we've got to break out of those strongholds. We have some of, some, they can be very little, they can be very big. I was brought up in with uh, three older brothers, but we used to absolutely hammer each other. Well, they used to hammer me physically, but well, verbally. And, and you know what? I mean, the thing is, then you develop a thick skin. You do. So you can say anything to me, really, and I'll say, thank you very much. It's not much I've said to me. But the trouble is, you get into that pattern then of... Been, been doing that to others and you can't do it I've worked with ladies all my life you can't speak to them like you speak to men but you certainly can't speak to them as you speak to your brothers and of course that we've had a little bit difficulties in, in, in our marriage because sometimes I've said something may have been true but as my mother said tone David, tone David, tone David and sometimes it hasn't been true and of course then what happens That's, that can cause difficulty 
because I've been in a pattern, I've been in a pattern which in that environment didn't bother me, but it can't go on that way, can we? So little patterns like that, we've got to break out of, snapping them. Um, so strongholds make us, give us bad choices because we are predisposed um, to doing that. See, strongholds stop us seeing what God's word t- says. Instead, God says, no, don't go down that path, Dave. It's dangerous down that path. Don't go down it. But strongholds stop us seeing clearly because that's the way we did it last time. Well, that's how it happened last time. That's how it worked out last time. So we're going down the danger. But if we go God's way, he leads us away from danger. Um, see, sometimes we think, oh, Dave, I, it could be a particular thing or a particular thought pattern or habit or characteristic we have in us and that can be deep-seated you see because if, if it's in the in the family sometimes that the, the particular characteristic it can be really deep-seated but you know again the word of the Lord to us tonight is we are not helpless we're not hopeless we have victory in him if we let him have his way you see the, the principle is recognizing it repenting of it and then receiving release from it. Um, easy to say. Sometimes it takes it takes time after time, but it's going before the... See, and God uses... What is it? He uses these things to, to draw us closer to him, to get on our knees before him. And sometimes habits take a while. I remember our dad saying, um, in those days, everyone smoked, and they smoked in those days. Didn't smoke much, they couldn't afford it. They used to roll their own, remember that? And uh, I remember him saying he, he, was, he was many times trying to get, get, break it. He prayed over and uh, couldn't get rid of it. And about uh, 28, I think you said, I remember him saying. Um, and he came, he was in a meeting one night and he said, Lord, he just, there, there was a, a change in his thing. I want to, I want to. You see, you've got to want to do it. Um, and uh, he, he came out, he was, in, he was in Pont, I think, Tram Road, and he, he threw the, cigarettes into the into the river and from then on that was it see there is a process and sometimes but it's day by day by day isn't it sometimes habits are so ingrained the characteristics are so ingrained that thought pattern so ingrained that unforgiveness is so ingrained it's got to be a day by day process of getting before the lord now thankfully thankfully um bless the lord 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. Here's our antidote. Bless the Lord. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not common, but mighty in God and falling down strongholds. Casting down arguments, and every hand thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So the power of God that's given us is to destroy, not just to actually demolish those strongholds that have been set up, those fortresses we've allowed to be built up, wrong thinking, wrong behavior, wrong attitudes, whatever it is, we've allowed to be built up. We've justified them and said, ah, that's the way I am. No, no, time for them to be broken down. We have the ability to tear them down, casting down imaginations. Remember we talked about that, that word last week, reckon yourself dead to sin. 
That's what the Bible says in Romans 6, 7. Reckon yourself dead to sin. Present your bodies as living sacrifice. Present your, your members to the Lord. That is the same word reckon. It's a mathematical term. And it gets ingrained. And he's, he says you're casting down those imaginations, those speculations, those things in your mind that you thought were right. See, that's calculations. When it's calculated, it's right. Casting those down. Breaking those up. You thought it was right and it was wrong. And you know what? It's, it's amazing how we can deceive ourselves. We, we talked about this. It's not unusual. The church, we can be easily deceived. We can deceive ourselves. Laodicean church is one of the examples there. Casting down every high thing that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And to take prisoner of war. That's what it means. Every thought to make it obedient to the Lord. You take the thought and say, no, no, no. Remember Selwyn Hughes? When he got down to his, on his knees, he presented those thoughts to the Lord. He gave them to the Lord. Lord, these are the thoughts. I'm trying to pray. This, this, and this. I'm giving them to you. I'm giving them to you. That thought pattern can be so ingrained and powerful. Yet the Bible says we have the ability. What's the first thing we, we put on our computer? Virus checkers, isn't it? Uh, Nick, get your virus checker. Although some of us try to use the free ones, of course, until you have a virus and think, oh, it wasn't much good. Well, great thing about it, we, we, the Bible checks for those viruses. To, so we can then reprogram our mind. We replace, we remember we all those things, we replace lies for truth. We replace them, we renounce them, that is a lie. That is what, what, what has been done to me, all the, the past difficulties, hurts, what people have said. I renounce those lies and I receive the truth from you, Lord. Now, there may be things I've got to do, as we said before, restitution and things we've got to square up and, and just make sure we've done our bit. But we replace it. Otherwise, we will get stuck in those ruts. And sadly, we can be in those ruts for many, many years. Take every thought captive. Bless the Lord. Now, again, this is what we have from the Lord. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 to 16. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, and he can't understand it because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? We have the mind of Christ. See, when we are saved, Holy Spirit comes in, renews us, regeneration, life. And then he gives us the mind of Christ. We need. But you say, well, why is that? Well, of course, we've been programmed. Our mind has been programmed for such a long time. Depending on how long we've been saved sometimes as well. And when we got saved, it's been programmed in such a way that we've got to reprogram our minds and uh, re renew our thinking. Get God's word and allow the spirit of God to rush over our lives in every, every, every particular thing. And he will. He will. He, that's his work is to point out those things if we will. But listen now, of course, we have the mind of Christ, but then there's always the balance, isn't it? What does the Bible say? Work out what Christ has put into you. Listen to these words. Philippians 2. Three to five. 
Duna fair per sate sante sheron deim pursit. Nata in humility, madu adas of yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of each other. In your relationship with other, with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Now he's telling us to direct our minds there. Let us, let us have the mind of Christ, the mind that was in Christ, let this be in you. So the, there's, there's the permission, there's the let us, let us, there's the cooperation with what God wants to do in us. Bless God. You see, ultimately, God does not want us to be caught up in a cycle of sin, repent, sin, repent, sin, in that cycle or in that particular place where we have, we we have not released those certain things. We've done the certain par characteristic patterns and all those kind of things. God has not saved us for that. He saved us to change us so we can reflect Jesus in every part of our lives. Thankfully, this is what the Lord says. Uh, Luke 4, 17, 19. And it was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. You've sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That's what he came to do. Save, deliver, release, bless the Lord. Uh, John 8, 31, 32. To the Jews who had believed in Jesus said, if you always to my teaching, you are really my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And we love to quote that verse away 32. We mustn't forget 31. You will abide in my word, then you will know the truth, then you will be set free. So you've got to know the word, you've got to rest in it, rely upon it, put your weight on it. As soon as you do, you will know the truth, and that will set you free. Bless God. So that lovely story before about the um, chicken and uh, for some reason an eagle egg got into a, a nest in the coop and uh, like a good chicken not very intelligent she got put it sat on it chicken came out and then this eagle was there and uh, this eagle because that was his environment he behaved like a chicken pecked the ground and uh, walked and tried to cockle do and all that, but couldn't do that. It sounded a little bit different. And uh, one day he looked up and he saw a beautiful eagle. And he thought, God, look at that. Oh, I'd love to do that. And there was something in him thought, well, there's, he had some affinity with that. And uh, he said to his mum, what's, what's that? She said, oh, that's a, a, an eagle. Beautiful, isn't it? But you're an eagle. She said, you're a chicken. You'll never be like him. He said, you're a chicken. That's where you were born. That's where you are. That's where you'll stay. And so he just put his head down and carried on. All the time, re didn't not realizing who he was. There's a second bit of that story. I read another story like that. When a, a guy came, a naturalist came and said, what's that, what's that eagle doing amongst the, the chicken? Oh, I don't know. That's, he was, that's how he was brought up. So he, he picked, the, picked the, the, the eagle up and threw it up. But the eagle, as soon as he saw the chickens walking around, that's all he did was flap his wings once and come down. So he thought, well, something, I'll be soft. So he took him to the top of the barn and he threw this eagle off. 
And this eagle flapped his wings, but again, he saw the chickens. He saw where he was from. He saw what he was accustomed to. And he went back down to where he was. The naturalist thought, I've had enough of this. She took him out of the barnyard. He took him away from the farm. He took him to the top of a cliff. He said, here we go. Threw him off the cliff. And the eagle soared. The eagle soared. You see, if, if our environment has been with chickens... We'll never be an eagle. God has said, look, this is who you are in me. Doesn't matter what the culture say. Doesn't matter what the environment has been. Doesn't matter what, even what your choices have been in the past. You've got to change that. Take captivity, your thoughts captive. Strongholds come down. You were made to be so like an eagle in him and with him. You are seated in heavenly places in Christ. And uh, whatever your background is, whatever your culture is, whatever your childhood was... If you say, Lord, have your way in me, he'll tell you, we'll take you to the top of the cliff and he'll throw you off. And, uh, but what is faith? Faith is trusting God even when we can't see. Isn't it? Even when we can't see with our natural eyes. God is good. Um, tonight. Amen. It's a good question here on, on witnessing. I try, it was quite... It says, um, how easy do you find it to talk about Jesus to those who don't yet know? That's interesting. Do you think that any difficulty might be something to do with strongholds in your mind? It's interesting, isn't it? Um, if you've been in church long enough, you may have been, and you've tried to witness as people, you may, may have said this or that to you. And uh, you may have... You may not want to do that again because you don't want to be thought of like that. You don't want to be called that. And so we, 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 we that becomes a stronghold there, doesn't it? Instead of being open with the gospel and certainly being, being sensitive to what the Lord tells us, we sometimes um, little things can be built up to stop us from fulfilling what God wants us to do. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.